0: Many TV shows, books, movies feature what is called a foil character. And a foil character is somebody who highlights the main character. He brings out his qualities through contrast. So for instance, Batman and Joker. The Joker is chaotic, he's manic, he takes nothing seriously. Why so serious? His mind is completely warped And then on the flip side, he contrasts Batman. And Batman is serious. Everything is organized. Everything needs to be orderly. The protagonist highlights the antagonist and the antagonist highlights the protagonist. What
1: would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no, no. No, you, you complete
0: me. The Torah also often uses foils in order to highlight the qualities it wants us to embody and to run away from the qualities it doesn't want us to have. In last week's Parsha, we had a foil between Yaakov and Esau where we said that Yaakov was focused on his internal world, on being real and Esau was focused on his external world, on faking others and ultimately himself. And the more we learn about ISA focusing on his externals, the more we can embody and recognize what it means to be a Yaakov and to live with our internals. And in this week's Parsha, we find another foil character. It's time for Yaakov and Lavan. Lavan is this extreme slime ball. He's completely absorbed in making an extra buck. He's focused on greed and getting the most out of people instead of giving the most to people and providing them the most value for their money. The reason I wanted to highlight this lesson in this week's episode is because in today's world, it is so difficult to be an ish MS, to stay true to honesty and trust and not giving in to the pressure of success and ambition. In this week's episode, I wanna first understand why it is that we take shortcuts in business. I wanna look at love on. It and analyze how he got to where he got to and why he chose success over relationships. I wanna look at an interview where Bernie Madoff explains how he got to the point where he cheated thousands of people so that we can have a deep understanding of what we're up against when it comes to being honest in business. And then I wanna take a look at Yaakov, how he exemplifies what it means to hustle like a yid. And lastly, I want to finish off with a clip from Simon Sinek that shows us the value of being honest and trustworthy, how trust is far more valuable than performance and why we should never compromise greater performance for trust. Lavan in this week's Parsha is always out for a profit. He's a man who is completely focused on performance and capital gain. Not only does Lava not give a dowry to either of his daughters, which is the gift when they get married, which was the norm back then, but he sells his daughters to Yaakov in exchange for labor. We find that when Yaakov first comes to greet his future father-in-law, he comes to greet Lavan, what happens? Lavan is running toward him. He's giving him a hug. He's giving him a warm hug and a kiss. But then we look at Rashi. And what does Rashi say? He was searching for money. He was running and excited because he knew that this was the son of Yitzchak who was uber wealthy and he was hugging him to feel him up if he had any money. He was in the search to marry his daughters rich. And how does the Medrash and Rashi know that Lavan was actually in the search of money and that it wasn't coming out of genuine love and connection? Says the Chafetz Chaim because at the end of the Parsha, when Yaakov is leaving Lavan It says that Lavan kisses his daughters and his grandchildren, but it makes no mention of Lavan kissing Yaakov. What happened? In the beginning, Lavan is so interested in Yaakov, and in the end, he's completely uninterested. What was the change? Says the Chafetz Chaim that the Medrash knew from here that from the beginning it was ingenuine, it wasn't real. It was coming out of a search for extra money. But love and sliminess and ambition for money doesn't end here, because we find that even after Yaakov works seven tough years of his life, dedicates it all to marrying Rachel, love and tricks Yaakov and switches Leah for Rachel in order to getting to gain an extra seven years of work out of Yaakov. And not only that, but Yaakov later when he's complaining to Lavan says that you switched my wages 10 different times. Lavan was so slimy, kept trying to switch on Yaakov, always trying to make an extra buck. And after all of that, Lovan, when Yaakov is leaving, calls Yaakov a thief. He says the daughters are mine and the sons are my sons and the sheep are my sheep. All that you see belongs to me. Lavan, after all said and done, was only focused on what he provided his employers. It's mine, look at the gains that you're making. All he could see was what he was giving his employers and not the value that his employers were giving back to him. Being honest in business is so tough and despite the Torah putting such a major emphasis on it, we find so many Jews that are failing in this area. How do we fall into this mode of cutting corners, of manipulating the contract, of changing the terms and conditions, of misrepresenting our product, of charging extra hours that we didn't do? How do we fall into the trap of being dishonest in order for short-term capital gains? I want to take a look at an interview that Harvard Business School professor Eugene Soltes had with Bernie Madoff, where Bernie explains how he cheated thousands out of their life savings and orchestrated the biggest Ponzi scheme in all of history.
1: I would speak with Bernie every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. in my office, and we did this for, for over a course of years. He's brilliant. He's cordial, and in many ways, very friendly. But simultaneously, you also realize that he actually engaged in the most significant white collar crime in history and has
0: devastated thousands of people. These are the main causes that Bernie Madoff describes that led to his downfall. The first cause, says Bernie Madoff to his downfall, was ambition.
1: You start out, at least in my part, not exactly sure what I wanted to do in life other than be a success. I built my confidence up to a level where I sort of felt that you know, there was nothing that I couldn't attain.
0: He had such a drive and desire to get to his end goal that he was almost blind to any amount of dishonesty and lack of empathy for others. The second cause, says Bernie Madoff to his downfall, was that he took shortcuts. He wanted to get there and he didn't have the clarity and self-control to say that this is not what I want. That enables a small transgression to grow into a bigger and bigger one. And the third cause, says Bernie Madoff, to his downfall was rationalization.
1: I sort of rationalized that what I was doing was okay, you know, it wasn't going to hurt anybody, it was a temporary thing, and. Because of the success that I've had and the money I made for people, I sort of felt that it would just sort of be a, you know, a temporary situation and acceptable.
0: Solta says that the most humbling part of the whole recording was the realization of rationalizations. Madoff only now recognizes that it was all a rationalization. What drives us to be dishonest in business is the ambition that we have for success the shortcuts that we take to get there, and we rationalize that it's okay even though it hurts the customer. And yes, I'm giving an extreme example of Bertie Madoff, but each and every one of us have this ambition. We want to take the shortcut to getting there, and so we cut down on the value we're giving to the customer and focus on our own gains over what we're giving to others. And now for the foil, I want to take a look at Yaakov Avinu, who embodies the Midas MS Micha. Hanavi says, Titein Ms Le Yaakov. Hashem returned the Jews to Eretz Israel in the merit of Yaakov's Ms. Yaakov was the Ish Ms. He was all about truth, honesty, trust, and his astonishing work ethic in this week's Parsha. Yaakov is a fugitive. <laughs> His own brother is trying to kill him and he's running for his life. He sees a group of shepherds when he finally gets to the land of the east and they've already brought in their sheep for the day. And he tells them off. And he says, He says, He says, don't cut on your hours that you're being paid for. When you're running for your life, don't you think it would be a good idea to make some friends? No, not Yaakov. He doesn't care. He's a man of shlemas, of completeness. He's a man of MS, of truth. He gives the musr softly. He gives it indirectly, and he only gives it after he makes small talk with the other shepherds, but he gives it nonetheless. Yaakov is all about truth. You cannot cut on your wages. Then, after Yaakov is conned by Lavan into marrying Leah instead of Rachel, what does the pasuk say? imo od sheva shanim acheras. Yaakov worked for Lavan another seven years. But not only that, says Rashi, that Hikish rishonos leachronos, that the same way that he worked with trust and faith and gave his all into the work for the seven years that he worked for Rachel, that was the same exact way that he worked even after he got fooled and tricked and conned by Lavan. He worked with the same work ethic. Those second set of seven years as he did for those first set of seven years. Can you imagine the fire steaming out of your nose. If someone just cheated you out of seven years of hard work of your life, I know personally I'd be like, ah, this guy, he thinks he can get at me. I worked my face off for seven years, and this is how he treats me. Yaakov, though, he takes a deep breath. He surrenders. He realizes it was meant to be, and he gives his all into another seven years of work. My friends, that is not human. That, though, know, is Yaakov Avino and the work ethic that Yaakov put, despite everyone around him being dishonest and distrustful. When Lavan later accuses Yaakov of stealing his idols, what does Yaakov say in return? He says, What have you found from any utensil in my possession that belongs to you? The Medrash says that normally when a person's by his father-in-law, yes, he's going to borrow some forks, knives, whatever he needs. He feels comfortable. Yaakov, though, did not touch a thing. He didn't use one utensil from his father-in-law. He didn't have one thing that belonged to Lavan after living by him for 22 years. That was the Mida of MS that Yaakov embodied, that nothing that doesn't belong to me is going to be in my property. We know then that Yaakov describes Lavan as trying to change his wages 10 different times, right? Changing the contract, back, forth, back, forth, always trying to squeeze out the extra dollar from Yaakov. And nevertheless, after all of that, Yaakov maintains the highest standard of work ethic. Listen to Yaakov's work ethic that he describes to Lavan. He says for these 20 years, I didn't trade or eat any of your sheep or rams. He says I didn't bring back to you one torn apart animal. If I suffered any loss, I would pay for it from my own sheep. He says, That at nighttime it was cold, in the daytime it was hot, I was hardly sleeping, but I put my all into the work that I was doing so that I can provide you, my employer, with the maximum value possible for my time. Not only that, but after 22 years of dealing with Lavan, the Pesach says, Va'yavo Ya'akov Shalem Ir Yakov Ya'akov left Lavan's house complete, true to his conviction to stay true to himself. He stayed fully intact with his unwavering honesty. Yaakov lived 22 years by this guy. You'd expect him to start playing the game with him, to wake up and realize it's a doggy-doggy world. I need to stop being so naive. No. Yaakov stayed honest to his core. And the question is, but why? (laughs) If somebody's dishonest to you, you don't owe it back to him, to be honest. He cheated you. Of course you could cheat him back. The answer, says Rav Yitzchak Berkowitz, is that you owe it to yourself to be honest. Honesty is a way of living where your actions and your thoughts are congruent with your words and who you are. When a person lives with integrity, when they are focused on providing the maximum value to their customers, when they are living in a way that's transparent to both others and himself, then that is the most powerful way of living, and it could be the person on the other side isn't deserving of your honesty, but you are deserving of your own honesty for yourself. I can personally think of at least 10 different times that I've been frauded, tricked, not paid for my services, and it's been so painful. Two of the times have been for more than $10,000. And it's so easy to fall into the trap of rationalizing to yourself that I need to play this game. This is the only way of making it out there. It's the only way of actually making money for me to make it and to get ahead. I need to cut corners. I need to be dishonest. Yaakov had every single right in the world to cheat his brains out of Lavan. He stayed honest though for himself. He wanted to be a man that can line up his words with his thoughts and actions. That is how you emulate the Rebona and how you live your most powerful life. We naturally think that the only way for us to get ahead in life is to upsell our product, to leverage manipulative psycholo- psychology in order to get our customers to pay more for our product. What Yaakov teaches us though is that sure, you might get ahead in the short term, But in the long term, the person with MS, who focuses only on providing the most value he can to his customer, will not only live whole with himself, but he will generate all that he Mm needs. This is Simon Sinek explaining how high trust, the product of MS, is more valuable than high performance in the workplace. So I've worked with the
1: Navy SEALs and I asked them, like, who do you how do you pick, like, the guys that go on SEAL Team 6? Right? Because they're the best, the best, the best, the best. And they drew, a, they drew a graph for me. And on one side, they drew, they wrote the word performance, and on the other side, they wrote, they wrote the word trust. The way they define the terms is performance on the battlefield and performance off the battlefield. So this is your skills. This is, did you make your quarterly earnings? Whatever, however you want to translate it, right? Performance. It's traditional. This is... How are you off the battlefield? What kind of person are you? This is what they told me. (laughs) Nobody wants this person, the low performer of low trust, of course. Of course, everybody wants this person, the high performer of high trust, of course. What they learned is that this person, the high performer of low trust, is a toxic leader and a toxic team member. And they would rather have a medium performer of high trust, sometimes even a low performer of high trust, it's a relative scale, over this person. This is the highest performing organization on the planet, and this person is more important to them than this person. And the problem in business is we have lopsided metrics. We have a million and one metrics to measure someone's performance, and negligible to no metrics to measure someone's trustworthiness. And so what we end up doing is promoting or bonusing toxicity in our businesses, which is bad for the long game because it eventually destroys the whole organization. The irony is it's unbelievably easy to find these people. If you go to any team and say, who do you trust more than anybody else? Who's always got your back and when the chips are down, they will be there with you. They will also all point to the same person. It's the best gifted natural leader who's getting, who's creating an environment for everybody else to succeed and they may not be your most individual highest performer. But that person, you better keep them on your team.
0: We live in a world that promotes success over everything else and we're all trying to get ahead. We learnt that what leads a person into dishonesty in business is ambition, lack of self-control, and rationalization. What Yaakov teaches us is that it's worth giving up every prophet in the world to live with a feeling of wholesomeness. To emulate Hashem and live as godly as we possibly can. To live with truth where your outside matches your inside. The feeling of being true to your customers, of putting them before your own personal gains will not only attract and breed the most loyal customers, but it will give you the feeling of being whole, of living in sync with Hashem. You owe it to yourself to put the needs of the person you're doing business with before your own personal gains. The lesson Yaakov Avinu gives us is to be a man of MS, to constantly be asking yourself, How can I provide the person paying me with the most value for their money? Live true, remind yourself what it means to do business like a Jew, and have a wholesome and vibrant shop